When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. from Complex Queens. I am not Steve Saipa. Steve is... Where is Steve? I don't think he told us. He didn't. Steve, is... he just... <laughs> Steve the, the man of mystery, uh, is not here, so you're stuck with me hosting this week. Uh, I'm joined by Thomas Henderson and Ken Lavin. How is everyone doing this week? Warm. <laughs> it's fucking same, man. It's been rough last few days. I made the mistake of... Finally having, like, a combination housewarming birthday thesis defense for my roommate party yesterday. On the day it hit 95 for the first time this year, needless to say, my apartment was a sweat box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just wonderful. Awesome. Um, the dog's been panting all day. It's it's not fun. Uh, so, yeah, the weather weather not great. It would be nice if it would storm. I have no way to segue this into promote extend trade because I'm not Steve, uh, so we'll just move right into the promote extend trade rather than continuing to bitch about the weather. So on this day in 1930, Lou Gehrig became the first player with three three home run games, 
which in and of itself is kind of crazy to me, right? That it took until 1930 for one person to have three three home run games uh, really demonstrates how much those Yankee teams just totally changed the way that game the game was played. Um, but uh, going off that, promote extend trade these three home run games from Mets in chronological order, uh, and these are all fairly relatively recent. So first one. Uh, August 30th, 1999, Edgardo Alfonso goes six for six with three homers at the Astrodome. He was hitting like a buck 20 before, and uh, that got his season right. Uh, but it's still just a on-the-road three-home run game compared to the next one. Uh, July 12th, 2015, Kirk Neuenheis becomes the first Met to hit three home runs at home. That was against the Diamondbacks. And then finally, later in that 2015 season, Jonas Espinus goes 5 for 6 at Coors, falls a triple short of the cycle, 3 home runs, 7 RBI, a stolen base. It's the only game that's ever kind of hit all those arbitrary benchmarks. Uh, But good lord, he absolutely crushed the ball in that one. So which Met 3 home run games are we promoting, extending, or trading? These are all really cool for different reasons, too. Mm, Like 6 for 6 is insane. Like just... like. To hit three homers in a game and also go three for three outside of that mm-hmm. is nuts. That and Cespedes was like right after they got him, like it was mm-hmm. really close to the deadline. That so was, it was like, like the first game we really got to see um, Cespedes go bonkers, and it he'd was like, like oh, that's, this is who they got, you know? He had been like, if I recall correctly, he had he had been like maybe mediocre is too harsh, but pedestrian up until that point, right? It was like, okay, this is fine. Um... Uh, put another way, I was still kind of regretting giving up Michael Fulmer for you on Cespedes at that point. And then he went just nuclear for the next two months. And just like, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not here. To, I'm not going to rehash that trade about whether you could have predicted that or not. But, oh, boy, he was, as Keith would say, un fuego. He was always really good as a Met, Cespedes, like when he played. He mm-hmm. just kept getting hurt. It was unfortunate, but... Yes. And then Neuenheis is hilarious. <laughs> like I, That might be my favorite. I, it is. It's, it's definitely team. my favorite. Um, like the equivalent to today would be like Patty Mazeka hitting three dingers. Yeah. 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 Like how is that possible? <laughs> how do you do it three times, let alone once? Like when, yeah, when no, Neuenheis like hit Kirk one home run. run I yeah, like, Kirk oh, home run was, was special because they threw it into the one little spot of the zone that he could cover. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for him to do that three times, <laughs> it, it it was I I got to, I was recapping that day. I had a lot of fun writing the recap for that one. Just Captain Kirk takes the Met where no Mets have gone before. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is this is good. Yes, um, I also always loved Kirk. Me uh, too. I always liked him. I want I, I, he well, he was not a great player, but he was a totally fine fourth or fifth outfielder for a little bit. He had and he played that. football, if you didn't know. If you were not <laughs> aware, he played football. Um, I think we're all he in agreement. Fun. We'll uh, extend that one. Yeah, it's it's for the pure fun factor of it. Like like when a rando does something like that, it's way more fun to me than like mm-hmm. Edgardo Alfonso is like uh, a top-tier Met for that era. You know, like yes. he's, he's one of the guys when like you, you're a little kid and you're a Mets fan, like, Fonzie was a big part of the Mets, so and Cespedes was like a big deal for the 2015 Mets. But Kirk, that's mm. great. The one, I, on. the one I debated slipping in here 
is that I think it was the last game of the season, Lucas Duda randomly hit three home runs at home in a game the Mets lost by a bunch and that didn't change the standing. I remember all. that. The, the like, most Lucas Duda. <laughs> it was like, did he just hit a third home run this game? <laughs> what? Did, oh, holy shit. I didn't even notice. And it's very like Lucas Duda. Very, very, the, the Lucas Duda of it all was great. But uh, I, I figured we'd wind up not appreciating that one relative to these other three. So three homer games, always fun. Please do more uh, power hitting Mets. Please. I mean, with the, the ball, ball the way it is, like a one home run game should be celebrated as much. No kidding. <laughs> I don't understand how Pete hit that ball 450, whatever feet it was with these balls. Like, that's absurd. But It might, it might have been 500 with a juice ball. Like, no kidding. Like, like – he destroyed that thing. <laughs> it was vaporized. Um, yeah, now we're going off on a long tangent. All right, so that was three home run games. Let's move into our draft update. Uh, we're missing Steve, but his guys haven't played since approximately 1996, so we're not actually missing anything on that <laughs> Because front. none of them were born in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you make a good point there, Ken. They were all like negative four in 1996. The best kind of correct. Yes, yes. I promote you to a, a bureaucrat level 12. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll go first here since I'm already talking. Dylan Beavers, I love Dylan Beavers' week. He went two for nine, no home runs, uh, struck out once, and walked seven times <laughs> in three games. Yeah, I love my give me my on base percentage gods. He's hitting two ninety two four and twenty nine six thirty nine. It's a ten sixty seven OPS. He's getting pitched around a bit. Uh, he's also fallen out of the lead in the Pac twelve in homers. He's behind Carter Graham at Stanford. Um, I don't really care. Same as always, and I appreciate his. I mean, that's to me perhaps the most interesting part of his kit that as a recent. Uh, hitting con like a recent convert to hitting full time, uh, his plate discipline is so good. You'd expect you'd almost expect him to kind of be swinging at everything because he hasn't yeah. been doing this for as long. But it's pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, dude has an idea of what to do at the plate. Whether the contact skills hold up, still a question. But uh, interesting long term. Um, Brock Porter had another uh, start against Catholic Center. That was the team he threw four no hit innings against uh, to start his season. Uh, he added seven more no-hit innings, seven, 16 strikeouts. He also walked four, so a little wild tonight. Uh, but it's more of the same stuff. Like, he's too good for high school. We're not learning anything here. I did realize he's actually hitting 519 on the season with four homers and 33 plate appearances. So. Oh, so two-way player Brock Porter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. And I wish I was that good an athlete, like 20% of that level of athlete at, like, anything I tried to do, but... Alas, yeah. Um, both of these guys, Porter's might still might be the first arm off the board. Beavers might go in the back of the first, holding steady uh, at this point in the draft process. All right, Thomas, you're up. Um, so as you know, Brandon Brera has shut himself down for uh, the rest of the season just to get ready for his next level, his next step in pro ball and in um, whether it's pro ball or Vanderbilt, whichever it may be, which. I'm not sure which one it would be. I could see him going out of the way, like I said last week. Um, I think if a team kind of drafts him high enough, he'll go. It's one of those, obviously. Um, and Gavin Cross had a bit of a down week. He dropped his average below 320 for the first time in a while for the season. Um, 
But he's, still, he's trash. Teams in the top ten, let him fall to the mess. <laughs> he still has an above four hundred on base percentage and is slugging six eighteen. So, um, he's just like some guys. High, sometimes high school guys are too good for the level. He's too good for college at this point. Uh, mm. he's just. I, I'm sure the the metal bats help him slug and stuff, but also you don't do that without real talent. He's going to be a guy who's going to be one of the better college bats. He also made a hell of a play in center field, like a nice dive and catch in the gap. He threw a runner out. Um, I think they were trying to score either on a single or a sacrifice fly. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he made a really nice throw to throw a runner out. Like he could, he also brings defense to the table. Like he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna be a Gold Glove level center fielder, or corner outfielder, but he's gonna be a more than he's not gonna be Kyle Schwarber out there. Like that's not the type of athlete you're getting. You're getting. Wow, that was a crazy catch. Did you see it? I I just pulled it up on Twitter. Yeah, that was. It's, it's like a, a catch, man. Like that's a really nice play, and mm. he could do stuff like that. And even if he's not a long-term center fielder, I think he'll be more than good enough in a corner to give you really quality defense. So, I mean, really, the only thing that's going to hold a guy like him back is guy teams want guys who are younger. Like team just want teams want eighteen-year-olds and high school kids. Like they're just going to go first, and that's why the Schwarbers and the Confortos fall to twelve or thirteen or whatever ends. Those work too, you know? And good thing the Mets picked there. So Mm -hmm. I could definitely see him being in the Mets range. And I could definitely see the Mets being like, if they want a college bat, I don't really know if you get a better one at 11 if he's still there, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I was really, I forget where I saw this. I mean, since the Mets have such a weird front office structure, you can't glean as much from what all the mock drafts are saying they'll do. Yeah. Because who the hell, because there's like 16 factions in this front office and who the hell knows who's talking to people and also who's actually running the draft. But if they're being consistently mocked Chase DeLauder, you have to think that if Gavin Cross was there, they'd be in the, interested in that demographic. Exactly. It's like if they're interested in a college bat at that time, then mm-hmm. they're going to get a good one and they're going to get probably one of the guys we've talked about, you know, <laughs> just because we've talked about the really good ones for the most part. So. Right. Right. Ken, what do you got? Uh, so Cam Collier's season ended, um, but Jace Chung played three games versus Oklahoma. He went three for 13 with a homer, a double, two walks against six Ks, uh, which brings his season line uh, down to earth a little bit at um, 350, 492, 660. That's an 1152 OPS. Just, just absolute garbage. I know. Yeah. Uh, in 200 at bats, he's hit 14 homers with 33 extra base hits and 55 walks against 34 Ks. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he's young too, right? Like we talked about this before. Uh, I think so. I know you just said his name, and I've already forgotten if it's Jace or Josh. Jace. He's 21. Jace. Yeah. Okay, so he's not too yeah. good, but still, like, mm. he's good. Yeah, definitely not going to be there at, at 11. No way. Oh, some shit, crazy shit would have to happen. Uh, who knows? The baseball draft, crazy shit does happen, but yeah, I would be. There's a reason if he's fallen that low, I'd say. Probably, yeah. yeah. And, Something and, and not ideal has come to light. Mm-hmm. And it's not the college guys who usually have. The, it's like people are going to say, well, Khalil Watson went 16 or whatever it was last year. He's not high school guy like that happens the college guys typically go where you expect them to go you can do pretty advanced modeling about what this guy's going to be able to do in the minors and Mm -hmm. um you know the the 
band of uncertainty is, is generally considered like much smaller. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to be on the Nationals, and we're going to have to deal with. <laughs> I'm worried. That. I'm worried about that too. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Should we do a Brady House update? Let's do that real quick. Brady House fan graphs. Brady House is hitting. 318, 402, 449. Yeah, he's good. And his strikeout rate is below 24%, and that was the big question mark about him. Boy, howdy, am I glad we let him go to the Nats. Don't, don't worry, though. Don't worry, though. We we get two picks in this um, objectively way better draft. <sighs> <laughs> Just the deepest draft there ever was. God. I mean, uh, I'm sitting here talking up Brock Porter and Chase DeLauder. I would yeah, rather we'd, have. We'd probably have rather have House, right? But yes, yes, yeah, yeah I, I so. would. Yeah, I would have rather have House than pretty much anyone we've talked about. I think I'd rather have Cross than House. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's fair. But, but you know, Cross, Cross is a guy we're hoping slips four or five slots to the Mets so that he should true, be yeah, so right. he might not even be at that spot. <laughs> Sandy Alderson drafts. They do these things. All right, so that's our draft update. Um, we will now move into a much more depressing segment about the minor league team performance performances from the past week. And oh, buddy, oh, buddy, Syracuse went one for four with a rainout. They are fourteen and twenty-six. They are dead last in the International League East, and they already have a negative seventy run differential through forty games. Is that good? Uh, I. I'm not sure. Is that good? Is it bad? Define uh, good. Define uh, good. This is a real... I mean, I don't think any of us were... No, I think I actually expected Syracuse to be uh, uh, cromulent, to borrow the uh, relevant Amazing Avenue parlance here, and they've been an abject disaster. Uh, rough, yeah, week for, rough week for Nick Plummer. 63 rated runs created plus this last week. He had one hit and and nine at-bats, struck out twice. Mark Vientos is still striking out 30% of the time, which is not what you want, though. He's been somewhat better lately. Um, Struck out almost 40% of the time last week. And Khalil Lee is in uh, A-ball. So everyone we cared about on this roster is either not doing so great recently or totally completely off the roster. Um, but we are, there is some relevant Syracuse news. We are probably going to get a Thomas Sapucky start next week. I have not had a chance to watch Sapucky, but I think you guys have seen him a little bit more this year. The AAA stats look decent, but is that, uh, uh, deceptive, uh, deceptive? Is he still the Thomas Sapucky we remember from last season? Yeah, his stuff isn't just there, like, to be a, I don't think he's going to, be able to get he, many major league batters out. He's not going to take that next step we hoped he would, mm-hmm. you know, as he got further out from surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. basically it, which sucks, and it is what it is, though, at this point. Like, <clears throat> hopefully he could be a spot start guy who does a little bit for a few innings and then gets bailed out by the offense and pulled, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, what what's, what do you think is missing? Like, is he just not, the curveball just isn't snapping off like it used to? Is the... <clears throat> fastball just underwhelming is there anything specific or is it more just the uh general oof that he produces he's, he's still point? getting whiffs on the curveball but that's mm-hmm. really it like mm-hmm. like that's kind of the whole package at this point where before his fastball was like very good like 
like pre-surgery Zapucky, like he had a good fat. Yeah, he was like 94, 95, and then right. he came back from surgery. He was like 90, 92. And it's still there. So. It's still 90, 92. There isn't as much life on it, and uh, he uh, can't command the breaking ball. Well enough to like he still gets whiffs on it, but he gets triple A whiffs on it. Like right, yeah, yeah, it's not a good enough pitch for him to spam it and have it work in the big leagues. I mean, this yeah. plays into what we were talking about with Dylan Lesko a couple weeks back that the Mets just can't rehab Tommy John successfully. It seems like, and Sapucky's a relative success story for the organization, and we're still talking about how his velocity isn't back, and he had to have the ulnar uh, transposition surgery, and and and. Um. Yeah, that's that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, um, it's just at this point, <laughs> how many times can the Mets mess up Tommy John before we're just like they're going to mess up all of them? You know. Right. It also feels like in a better organization where they didn't need him as starting depth, you could put him in the bullpen and say, "All right, just spam. You're going to throw your curveball sixty percent of the time because that's what relievers do these days, and that might work." But the Mets don't have any starting pitching depth left, and here we are with Thomas Zapucky starting against the Giants next week. I'm sure this will go wonderfully. Thomas Zapucky versus Jake Junis. <laughs> oh, boy. What a what a marquee That's... matchup. Two of the best teams in the NL, folks. Jake Junis <laughs> versus Thomas Zapucky. Darren Ruff going to hit three bombs. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's enough on Syracuse. We didn't talk much about Syracuse because I don't want to talk about Syracuse. Uh, don't really want to talk about the next team either. Binghamton went one and five against the Akron Rubber Ducks. They are twelve and twenty-six and also dead last in the Eastern League Northeast. Uh, but their run differential is a little better, only negative sixty-four uh, in two fewer games. Um, rough week all around for all the prospects. I know Ronnie Mauricio had a four RBI day today. Don't at me. He's striking. He struck out forty percent of the time this week. Yeah, like his hot week is a three hundred on base percentage. Like, right? It's still the same problems are still there. He's just making more contact this week. Right. Exactly. Um, Fifty five weighted for Beatty the past week. Sixty five for Alvarez. I don't think any of us have major concerns about this. It's just going to take a little bit longer than maybe we had hoped. Yeah, it's more like I don't think we see them this year. But okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like. If if that if that's how it is this year, then I'd rather them not mess up these players. <laughs> yeah, I think you would have liked to see. I mean, it'd be wonderful if Alvarez had continued. I'd like to, his... Baby is the one for me, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alvarez might be the one that could have the bigger impact if he was catching, but that always seemed a pipe dream to me. Baby, I thought I still think Baby might be up towards the tail end of this year. Uh, but yep. it sure would be nice if he had killed it and could be the starting third baseman right now. Uh, Eduardo Escobar looks a little bit cooked. Yeah, I'm worried about Escobar um, in talking about the major league side of things. But it would be nice if we could get that from Beatty. But also, I would much rather, like I said, the, much rather the Mets take it take it slow than think that it's a problem and say, okay, even if Beatty isn't super, performing super well, bring him up anyway. Like, do not it's do not that. worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. I'm mildly concerned about the strikeouts, but he's actually making the bad ball changes I wanted to see. So uh, it's fine. Hopefully he, yep. he gradually improves. Moving on down to Brooklyn, and we finally have a winning record. They went 4-2 and two against Wilmington. Uh, they're 17-19. and 19. They're third in the South Atlantic League North. Uh, they are well back of both Aberdeen and Wilmington, um, despite taking four of six from Wilmington this week. Um, but... You know, uh, uh, certainly a better performance from the top two teams in the in the organization, which 
quite ironic because I think most of us imagined Brooklyn would be awful and Binghamton and Syracuse should be a little bit better than this. Um, now, that's because there's not much to talk about on this Brooklyn roster. It's Jose Peroza and Jalen Palmer and a poo-poo platter of, of, of pitchers we don't really care about. Um, close to my heart, I will provide a Shervia Newton update. He has a 72 weighted runs created plus and uh, Price is Right rules. How many times did he strike out in 13 at-bats this week? Six. Thomas nailed it. Six <laughs> times in 13 at bats. His Brooklyn or his strikeout rate in Brooklyn is 36.7. Meet the new Shervian Newton, same as the old Shervian Newton. <sighs> Again, I wish we could graft players together and give Jake Mangum Shervian Newton's physical tools and create a top 10 prospect. Yeah, yeah right. <clears throat> if only. He'd be the fourth outfielder right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I do like Travis Jankowski, but yeah, probably. Um, not not so good. And then finally, St. Lucie. St. Lucie went three and three against the Tampa Tarpons. Does anyone know what a tarpon actually is? Their logo's a turtle, right? <clears throat> is it? Is it? Uh, or no, it's a little fish thing. Is it a fish? A tarpon yeah, a fish. is indeed a fish. Only it has a little hook in its mouth, I think. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to like think of off the top of my head because I've seen it a million times recapping these games. You would think if their <laughs> logo is the fi- if they're named after fish, they wouldn't want their logo to be the fish dying, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, uh, Saint Lucie is 26 and 13. They're first in the floors, the state league East, um, a, a league that has a four team division and a six team division. Because that makes sense. I'm sure it's just due to geography. Um, the Alex Ramirez update, uh, I rated it a Keith M because he's hitting 364, 400, 409 in the past week with a 136 weighted. That's the good stuff. No clue why he's still there, but good for him. <laughs> I don't know either, uh, honestly, because hey, there's, there was a recent slate of promotions, which we can talk about in a moment, but it seems like... His strikeout rate is reasonable. He's maybe not walking as much as you'd like to see, but it's not like a, a, a hyper-aggressive approach, right? It's not a disaster. And he's killing the ball. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah, it's time for him to be in Brooklyn. Hopefully, the recent promotions, that means they're going to start actually promoting guys, and that means he's next up, hopefully, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yes, well, we can talk about that in just a moment. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
All right, so now uh, we alluded to some other promotions. Alex Ramirez is not one, but uh, uh, the Mets did make a couple moves down in St. Lucie with their pool of recent college pitchers, and they've promoted uh, both Mike Vassell, who was their eighth-round pick, and Carson Seymour, who was their sixth-round pick. Uh, Vassell in seven starts, 34 innings pitched, 9.26 K9, 2.91 walks per nine, and a 1.85 ERA. Uh, quite good. I wouldn't go so far as to call that dominating, uh, particularly for a college pitcher against players this young. But uh, uh, it's a nice result from a, a round eight uh, senior sign. Was he a senior sign? Yeah. Was he? Okay. I know he was an under slot, but I don't remember if he was a senior or not. Um, they seem to have fixed whatever UVA messed up with Vassal, um, which is becoming a bit of a trend across baseball at the moment. Uh, they might actually have a little something here. Don't, I don't want to count chickens before they hatch, but the, the few clips I've seen, I like the, the what his stuff looks like. Obviously, we don't have the, the metrics on it, but um, encouraging start for him. Carson Seymour yeah, also got... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying it's what you want to see, and I'm glad they're promoting him already. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's no real reason I'm still be there. At least Ramirez is young for the level, but these are college guys, old yeah. college guys. We should be pushing them. I was surprised they started a lot of them here in the first place, actually. Me too. And I kind of thought it was going to be even quicker than this, considering it's like the end of May, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least it's not August or like June right. or July or something when they're it's doing it. The, at least it's not uh, – Long-time listeners will remember a lot of our complaining about the Sandy Alderson era uh, promotion schedule. They had uh, very specific benchmarks Prospect had to hit in terms of their statistical performance. And if you weren't hitting those benchmarks, you weren't getting promoted. Kind of ridiculous, but uh, at least we've moved past that. Anyway, Carson Seymour, who went two rounds prior to Vassal, has been good, not quite as good. Uh, he's been working both in relief and starting, but I think it's mostly like piggyback relief, so whatever. Uh, seven games, 30.1 innings pitched, uh, 8.07 K9, 2.67 walks per nine, and a 1.19 ERA. So the peripherals aren't quite as good. The bottom line numbers are uh, just as good. Again, if you're putting up a ERA below one and a half and you're a couple years older than the dudes you're facing – you should be promoted, and you can learn more at the next level. Yep. Um, now, I don't recall. Do were you guys? Did we were we unanimous in which of these college pitchers we were high on at the start of the season, or were we all were we all over the place? Because the guy I liked has not been great. Oh yeah, Hamill. <laughs> yeah, Hamill. I like I'm a little Vassal a little bit, but um, I think we were all pretty high on Hamill. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And can you win the Vassal sweepstakes? So uh, congratulations. Um, but yeah, Hamill... Well, Hamill hasn't been the worst, but Hamill's not been good. Hamill was the fourth-round pick. Seven games started, 8.78 K9. That's pretty good. And then we get to the 5.74 walks per nine and a 4.4 ERA. Is just... It's, not good. It sounds like he's... They're messing with his pitch mix a lot. The <clears throat> Mets perhaps are not uh, the most well-equipped organization to optimize his stuff. 
Um, and it also might be that his stuff just isn't that good, right? If you're spinning, if you, it doesn't matter how high your spin rate is, if it's not good movement, not good axis, not good velocity, not good control, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And that's kind of how you wind up walking almost six guys per nine innings. Um, yeah, like the walks are bad. It's a problem. Like the other stuff, if he's getting hit and, and stuff, if he's working on things, that is what it is. But if you're walking six for nine, that's like, well, yeah. And if you're getting lapped by guys pretty much lower than you in the preseason totem poles here, like mm-hmm. even though it's only May, you're already getting lapped a bit like that. It's a little concerning. Like obviously the door's not closed on Hamill, but also like as much as my eyes have opened up for a Vassal type or a uh, or a Seymour type, they've also opened my eyes for a Hamill thing in a different direction. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, all this said, I don't hate the process here, right? Like, I hate the process of not signing Rocker, obviously, but the if you're going to wind up cutting a lot of these later picks, cutting in terms of saving money, I think they picked an interesting pool of guys, but we have to be, uh, I think sanguine is the word I'm looking for here, about what their realistic probable outcomes are even if we like them and there are things there were things to like about hamill i don't think we were totally off base and expressing some optimism but it's important to remember that yeah this is still a fourth round cheap college pitcher and there's a reason he's that um other teams have scouts too but like i said hamill has not been the worst pitcher here that goes to unfortunately levi david who in eight games uh, has been working exclusively in relief 7.1 7.1 innings pitched, 13.5 K9, 15.95 walks per nine innings. That's I insane. don't <laughs> like, think that's good. Like, I liked Levi David a fair bit, but also the concern was he throws interesting stuff and has no clue where it's going. And it was like, well, yeah, here you are. You know, like, he's going to obviously going to have to clean it up, but it's just... It's one of those things where, like, this was the this was the worry, mm-hmm. like this was the big red flag coming in, and that's why I think he was like their seventh or something. I can't remember where they picked, he him. Was, they picked him. He was nine. He was nine, nine. Yeah. Okay. I knew he was later than a lot of these guys, and he's also, I think, the make him the decision to make him a reliever only is the correct one. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, shit, man, you got to throw strikes. I don't care yeah, if you're you a nice round pick or not. You know, like, even if you're a reliever. There's a degree of wildness you can get away with, right? And he's striking guys out. You can't get away with this much wildness. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, like, how many relievers out there really are, like, accurate? Like, even Edwin Diaz, has, as elite as he's been this year, is not the most act. Like, that's just not what it is. Like, you're peak, wild if you're a reliever, but... Peak Adam Odovino or, like, recent Craig Krimbrell or, like... They're, of course, doing this in the major leagues, which is very different, but they're striking out 15 and walking six per nine. It's like, all right, I don't like this all the time, but it's working. Yeah, you're around the zone enough where Mm -hmm. if you are, like, wild, you're close enough where you have to swing. Like, you see it now with Adovino. Like, Mm -hmm. Adovino today, we're we're recording on Sunday, um, was wild, but also he settled down a little bit. And as long as the stuff is near the zone, you have to swing because – Otherwise, you're just gonna you could get dotted up and strike out, and that's it. Like, and his stuff moves so much that if it starts in the zone and drops out, then it's gonna be difficult if he's sometimes throwing strikes. But 
if you're walking like 15 per nine or whatever, just stand there. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just not going to swing the bat. Right. Yeah, like, why would you ever swing? Like, maybe, maybe he dots you up and you strike out, but the likelihood is that he's just going to throw curveballs in the dirt and you're going to walk to first base. I loved the nickname I had. It was gonna be. He was gonna be curve your enthusiasm. So many good headlines out of that. And God damn it! But again, this is this is why he's a money saving draft pick, right? Because this was a this was always the realistic outcome. But if we were intrigued by the profile, um, also real quick on Adam Ottavino, can we stop bringing Adam Ottavino into the game with men on base? Like, I mean, who else are we gonna break in? God, you're not wrong. Yeah, that, he, that's the bigger problem. <laughs> who else are we bringing in? Is dude, the if, but anytime Ottavino takes the mound, there's a pretty decent chance he could just walk three straight guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the old um, Green Man tweet about Daniel Murphy, where it was like sometimes he's George eating the onion, and uh-huh. sometimes he's George spotting the nickel from the dime from across the thing? Yes. That's Adam Ottavino out of the bullpen now. Like... <sighs> I, I put it in, in Amazing Avenue Slack today, but, like, I have no idea if Adam Adovino is going to be, like, untouchable or he's going to walk ten people and lose the game. Like, and that's just what it is. Like, that's right. where he is at this point. I also was wondering to myself, does did Adam Adovino work better in cores because his stuff moves too much? Who knows? That's interesting. That was just a wild idea, uh, watching the, the doubleheader yesterday, but... Anyway, Levi David has a long way to go to even reach that level of, of viability. Right now, at this point, he's not a viable pitcher, and that's why he and Hamill aren't being promoted and Seymour and Vassal are. Um, hopefully, we'll get another uh, wave of promotions soonish and get Alex Ramirez up to Brooklyn, and, and then that Brooklyn roster will be uh, uh, more interesting. I don't think anyone else on, on St. Lucie's really going to get called up here. Uh, oh. the, the guys oh, cool. who are... The, the, the other outfielders who are hitting, like Carlos Dominguez, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on De Los Santos or something along I those lines. I think it's Omar. De Omar, Los. right, that's it. They are striking out like 40% of the time. They should not be promoted. So, um, Like, probably. a lot of guys are hitting the ball hard down there, but also, at the end of the day, they're young, and they should be in. Mm-hmm. Let them chill there for a year. Exactly. And if they, like, kind of do the Alex Ramirez thing. Any guesses on Khalil Lee's current stat line at <sighs> single A? Shit. Um, 150, 275, 300. I'm going to go better than that. I'm going to say 230, 400, 400. You're very close, and you got one of them right. 240, 367, 400 with... Where are the strikeouts? With nine strikeouts in seven games. That's... It's, what what's, what happened, right? Like, yeah, it's just all of a sudden he's missing every pitch that's thrown in the zone. It's wild. Like we knew we knew he had contact issues, but this has gone from you're probably going to strike out. You're going to be you're going to be Kirk Newenhuis basically. To you literally cannot hit. Like he struck. He went zero for five with three strikeouts either today or yesterday and single in St. Lucie. Like, like I don't know how that's possible. Like I don't know what where it went then. Honestly, like, I thought it was kind of harsh the Mets doing that, but also I kind of see their point if he's going to even whiff that much in single A, you know? If he's striking out like that in St. Lucie. And, I mean, he was bad in Binghamton. Or even yeah. in Syracuse, rather. Yeah. 
that's really depressing. I mean, I uh, the, the the athletic. I wonder if he's injured or something, or just lost a little athleticism for uh, some reason or another. Um, very disappointing, though. That's that's super unfortunate. Because um, it it was it was, it had it had the potential to be a really interesting profile, even as a bench outfielder, and now he can't hit in a ball. So, um, don't hate. They still don't hate the process of picking him up, though. I, I honestly no, and also it's not move. over. Like. No. Obviously, it's not the the path you want to take, but like Roy Holiday did something similar, where he went all the way down to single A or whatever it was, and re and fixed himself, and there he was. Like I'm not saying that's going to happen on the hitter side of things, but you can reinvent yourself and figure things out at a different level. It's just, will it happen? And, and like, kind of- what they gave up, not a huge like Freddie Valdez. He's 20 years old and isn't in full season ball right now. Didn't have a home run in the complex last year, and he's supposed to be a hulking, power-hitting corner outfielder, so... Yeah. Whatever. And Josh Winkowski, I haven't actually looked up in a minute. He ended up... I think he started recently for the Red Sox, like, did a spot start for them. Uh, He has not made the major... Ooh, shit. The Mets could actually probably use Josh Winkowski. Yeah, they could could use him. (laughs) Josh Winkowski has a 2.1 ERA and a 2.5 FIP in AAA right now for Boston. So... Maybe it wasn't the best idea, but whatever. He's, you know, he's, throwing, he's throwing 95-96 in AAA. And he's Shit. a candidate. To, he was a candidate to start one of the doubleheaders, but I don't think they ended up going with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he would uh, probably be in the Met rotation right now instead of Tom Sapucky. Yeah, and he probably would have been in the bullpen doing up and down stuff before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, again, though, I mean... I don't think the idea was terrible on its face, um, and you're going to lose some of these trades sometimes. Uh, just it happens. I don't know if either of you disagree on that point, but I, I mean, I, I was the Khalil Lee, Lee fan among the four of us. I also liked Lee, um, and also I thought that kind of from a need-based situation, sometimes like the Mets don't have a ton of upper minors pitching prospects, but I feel like they saw him as a better chance of being an impact major leaguer as a bench bat in the outfield or something like that. Where mm-hmm. So I get it. Like Doing those kind of prospects for prospects challenge, trade, t- challenge trades are kind of interesting to me when like you see two guys who are underperforming in different places and clearly was like a top 100 guy before, I'm pretty sure. Like yes. There was a lot of pedigree there with him, and it's very easy to look at him when he's going right and be like, I can understand why you would be a top 100 prospect, you know? So I don't necessarily not get it. It's just they bet on the wrong guy this time, and it happens. Like, it is what it is. You move on. You mm-hmm. you spend a bunch of money, and you sign players anyway to to make to fix your mistake. Ah, uh, you know? yes. The ultimate solution of more money. Yeah, I mean, really, honestly. No, you're like, not, I'm, I'm not being uh, – I'm not trying to be – I know I always sound sarcastic. I was not trying to be sarcastic. <laughs> money does solve all of these problems, yes. Yeah. So, I think that's all we have for relevant news this week. Uh, there's only one real breakout guy to talk about, and little things are a little slow, so kind of just in maintenance mode for the moment. Probably will start changing as we get some of the uh, Dominican signings and what else uh, moving into actual games. So, look forward to that over the next couple months. Uh, I'm begging the Mets to make Brooklyn interesting yes, so I can go yes. to some games. I... <laughs> I need a reason to sit on the train for two and a half hours. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. So, Agreed. Um, 
Anyway, in the meantime, if you have got questions, comments, concerns, you can email the show at fromcomplex2queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at elflahos343. Steve is at Steve Saipa. Ken is at KenLavin91. And Thomas is at SadMetSeason, which is SCN. Um, as always, you can listen or subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts. We encourage you to leave a review. Um, it helps us out. Or you can do the same wherever you uh, get your podcasts. Uh, so until next week, love the Mets. Love the Mets. Love the Mets.